Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and welcome to the 45th ever episode of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I talk to you about my life story as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. I'm recording this on February 29th, 2020 at 4.41 p.m., just a little bit after I recorded episode 44, and today is special because it is another installment of the Q&A series that we have on this uh, show, this podcast this thing that I do, um, typically every fifth or so episode, so like episode 15, 25, I don't think I did one for 35, uh, but we're back at it at 45, where we pretty much go to the Discord, I ask for questions, and the first 10 questions are the ones that get answered. If you would like to ask questions for Aiden on Anchor the next time we do one of these, please check out my Discord, link in the description below for that stuff. But yeah, I'm excited, we didn't quite get 10 questions, we got 9. But it's a good mix of comedy, stupidity, and also a bit of serious stuff at the same time. So, uh, yeah, these are always a bit of a fun, creative challenge to figure out the best way to answer these. And uh, I'm excited. Let's let's hop into it. Let's get into it with question number one by Emperor of Coochie, also known as Danku Franku, who asks, What is the worst anime of all time? And oh boy, you asked the wrong person this because I do not watch any anime whatsoever. I can I can maybe list three off the top of my head that I've seen. And that is number one, uh, Samurai Shampoo, which I absolutely adored. Great show. Uh, number number two, uh, Full Metal Alchemist, the original. Number three, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Loved both of those. Those were fantastic. And then like, Number four, Pokemon, and not even really all of Pokemon, only like uh, the older, the older stuff, like up until Sinnoh, roughly. Uh, that's that's I, I stopped watching right around Sinnoh Unova area, but that's literally all the anime I could think of that I've watched off the top of my head. There was a lot of bad anime I remember Ethan watching. I remember him watching a show called Excel World, and I hated that. Uh, I also remember him watching a lot of Sao, and that wasn't really good. Any of them. You can pick, take your pick on any of them, and a lot of those were bad as well. So, uh, if if we're counting stuff that I've seen, uh, Pokemon is the worst of those four. But if we're counting just like anime I've seen parts of in general, then probably like Sao or Excel World. I don't know. Again, I don't watch a whole lot of anime. This is coming off of like very little experience. I mean, I barely remember like watching fucking like Naruto on Toonami when that was on, and I. I just thought it was weird. So maybe you should ask Zach. That's a better question to ask Zach with than me. I don't, I don't know enough about the animes. What can I say? But hopefully that provided you with a good enough answer. Thank you for asking. Thank you as always. Question number two comes to us from fun police, AKA Leah slash slash patient. And she asks, should the Playmobil movie film win every Oscar? And the answer is yes, absolutely. It should win every Oscar best acting, by a Playmobil figure. Uh, best editing by a film starring Playmobiles. You know, best action in a film that about Playmobil. Like, you get the idea. If there was a Playmobil version of the Oscars, it would absolutely win. However, in the real world, in the reality that we live in, which we are unfortunately not Playmobiles, uh, it, it, it does mean that the film it probably won't win. A regular Oscar, and uh, that's that's unfortunate. But you know the movie is dog shit, so I guess uh, in a way um, I'm not that mad. 
But at the same time, there's a little bit of a disappointment factor as well. I'm glad I didn't watch the Playmobil movie. I'm going to be real with you. This is this is one of those LOL, uh, what if we watched the Playmobil movie in the group chat on Discord as like a joke. And then they actually did. And I, I decided not to because I wasn't going to put myself through the Playmobil film. But they did. And I got to listen to it. And man, if you're, if you're a sadist, if you like listening to people uncomfortable and in pain... Uh, that was a great movie. That was a wonderful movie. Um, I'm really glad I didn't watch it, though, because it sounded like it was fucking dog shit. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I guess my answer is, if we're talking about Playmobil Oscars, then yes. If we're talking about actual real people Oscars, uh, hell no. So, yeah, that's my answer. Thank you for asking, patient. Question number three comes to us from Cowfro. And he's just called Cowfro. He didn't have a fun, weird nickname, so I don't have to have them be called by two different names. And uh, Calfro asks us, what's the best role for a talking couch in a 2D side-scroller about a talking cow? So this was tough. I had to think about what would be the best way to incorporate myself into the game. And not like me, the human being, but me, a couch, in a game. And obviously couches are kind of limited in the fact that, uh, you know, they can't really walk uh, they just sort of, you know, vibe on the ground, which makes them very comfortable for humans. But for 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 normal um, normal couch living, I imagine it's pretty boring in general. So the way I thought about this, I, it could either go one of two ways. The first way I'd like to see myself in a 2D side scroller is as a checkpoint. Like, you know how in a 2D Mario, when they like reach a checkpoint flag, if Mario's little, he gets big. Or uh, how in some games, when you reach the checkpoint flag, you get a little bit of health. I, that's what I would like I, I to be. Like, you're in the 2D side-scroller, and you've taken some damage, and then you reach the checkpoint, which is me, the blue couch, and you just kind of sit down and rest for a little while, and then you get a little bit of your health back or something. Kind of like the Dark Soul bonfires, you know? I'd like to be like a little bit of a, a break from the action, a little bit of a chill zone. I think that would be nice, because that, that sort of reflects a bit of my chill personality. The other way I could see this going, the other way I'd like to be incorporated in the game if the checkpoint thing doesn't work, is I'd like to be kind of like a, a Dr. Light situation in the Mega Man X games, where like I'm hidden in the level somewhere as just a regular blue couch, you know, I'm kind of blending into the background. But if you find me, you get like an upgrade, either like a power-up or a piece of armor or a new piece of gear so that way you're like rewarding the player for finding something cool. So if you find the the hidden blue couch in every level, you get like either a cool power up or a collectible coin or something like that. Because I think that would also be a, a cool a cool way to introduce a couch and kind of play up a little bit of that that mystery angle to it. So one of those two ways I'd say, either as a checkpoint or as sort of a an upgrade guy hidden in the level, those would be the best. Those would be the best ways. I wouldn't want to be an enemy. And I wouldn't want to be a boss because I'm very non-conflict. That doesn't really align with, with me. But uh, one of those two I, th I feel like would be pretty good. So hopefully that gave you some ideas, Cafro. That was a lot of fun. That was a really fun question. I had to think about that one a lot before I recorded the podcast. So I uh, appreciate it, Cafro. Question number four comes to us from Zach in the Discord who is going by I won NBL 100, which is untrue. He did not win NBL. He didn't even make it to playoffs. I don't know why this man has been living a lie in my Discord for the past couple of months now uh, and hasn't changed his name. But, uh, hey, what are you going to do? I've been Tuck the Turtle. 
on uh, my Discord for like a couple of days now, and I'm sure most people are confused. Anyway, he asked, what's your favorite movie? And he wrote movie with uh, two O's. And so I assume he meant talking about films that star cows. And if that's the case, the, the answer is Barnyard. Barnyard, I think, when it comes to movies about uh, cows, is probably the top tier. A lot of really good humor. Um, fucking Ben the Cow's pretty epic. I like the, the fat kid a lot in the house, the ginger kid. He, he tips over the cows and he makes fun of them. So then the cows go to his house and tip him over because they're petty. Um, and that just, that just makes me happy, honestly. And then, and then Barnyard, the movie did so well that they made like a show on Nick and it's also like pretty wild and stupid at the same time. So like, yeah, Barnyard, Barnyard is my favorite movie. So, uh, thank you for asking Zachary. I really appreciate it. Question number five comes to us from Ben who says, will you ever try an SRPG? And he defines it for us. Uh, so in case you didn't know at home, now you get to learn. Ben, ben is providing a teacher role here. And he, he, he puts in parentheses, a strategy role-playing game. That's what an SRPG is. And uh, he says, and if you have tried one, which one? So I have tried one before. I, uh, I've played a couple of uh, Fire Emblems here and there, mainly Awakening. That was the first one I tried. I enjoyed that on the 3DS. It's been years since I've played it, partially because I'm bad at these types of games. Um, I, I love the genre a lot every time I've given it a whirl, but uh, every time I do, I'm typically bad. I've been playing a lot of like uh, Civilization V on Steam, and I don't know if that's a strategy role-playing game or if it's just a strategy game, but either way, that's a, that's another one I'm, I'm throwing in here. I'm also bad at that, but uh, yeah, I've tried a couple before. I've never really felt... Uh, the need to let's play it or stream one, I guess, if that's what you're asking. But no, I have tried playing a couple of them before, and I've heard a lot of good things about Fire Emblem Three Houses. In fact, I think the last time we did one of those Q&As, Patient or somebody asked me if I was going to try that game out. But uh, I might one day, who knows? Uh, there's a lot of good games out on the Switch, though, so it's hard to like really tempt me to be like, yo, I gotta go get Fire Emblem when I haven't even played like Luigi's Mansion 3 yet. And that, that shit looks hype. And it actually looks cool. But uh, yeah, SRPGs are good genres. I like, I like a good bit of Fire Emblems, but I'm not terribly good at them. And I don't really have the desire to let's play or stream them. But uh, yeah, I totally understand why people love them. They're great games. So uh, thank you for asking, Ben. Question number six. We're more than halfway through. We only have four questions left. Again, we're only at nine here. And uh, question number six comes to us from Possum, who says, do you consider yourself more of an influencer or a content creator, why, if so? So, uh, this is kind of a bit of a follow-up to my uh, small YouTuber culture podcast, which has not come out at the time of recording this. Uh, that episode comes out, like, the 1st of March or the 2nd of March. So, you guys won't have... Uh, hopefully, you've heard this by the time you're getting to this episode. But, uh, basically, if you haven't heard it, I talk about how a lot of people feel the need to categorize themselves as a small YouTuber or one thing or another, and that there's all these little clicks over on the internet. And uh, I'm not typically a fan of that type of stuff. I more or less consider myself just a plain YouTuber, not necessarily a small YouTuber. I think that's better for my, for my mental health and uh, a little bit more honest as well. So uh, between those two terms, though, if I'm having to pick between an influencer or content creator, I'm probably going to say content creator. 
Because while I don't like either term, I think both of them present issues. Uh, I think I hate the word influencer more than I do content creator. So uh, I'm picking content creator as the, as the one I'd actually like to use because that's technically what I do. I, I, I create content on all these sorts of different platforms, whether it's Anchor or YouTube or Twitch or other YouTube channels or whatever. That's what I do. I make content. I make all that sort of stuff. Uh, if YouTube would go down tomorrow and it would burn up in a flame, I would still be making content on other platforms. I don't solely rely on YouTube as a whole. But I think more than anything, I'm just creative in general. Uh, I just like making things. I like expressing myself. I like trying new things. So it doesn't necessarily matter on what platform it is. Uh, I just I just like making things like that. Um, influencer is not really what I am uh, in the sense that uh, I, I don't really hold that much influence over the people that watch me. Um, like, I've never convinced you guys to, like, buy a thing, <laughs> you know? Typically, when the word influencer is brought up, it's used in, like, a marketing sense of, like, oh, if you're an influencer, then that means uh, if we put ads on your, on your stuff, uh, your audience will be influenced to act on that and to buy things. Uh, but influencer could also mean in terms of, like, reviews, like, I influence you all to not watch 2019 Lion King because I made a video about it and because the film is bad. Um, but I don't know. Influencer kind of sounds a little bit manipulative and a little bit, like, nasty at the same time. But you know what? If you call yourself an influencer or a content creator, either or, I'm okay with it. I just don't personally like the labels. Uh, but between those two, I like content creator a little bit more. So I guess that's what I'm going with. Thank you for the question, Possum. That was interesting. All right, question number seven comes to us from Basilisk, also known as Kyle. Uh, you know him from LHG and other places. And he asks, what's one thing you would tell people to avoid doing when they start making videos on YouTube? And this is a fun one. This is a really fun one because this is what I talk about like so much on Aiden on Anchor, on another YouTube podcast, and in pretty much every conversation I have with Zach about being creative, typically like some form of this ends up getting brought up in those conversations. And a lot of what I say is uh, just kind of like general things. So like one thing that I try to tell people is like if you're doing and you're making videos on YouTube, uh, don't be a perfectionist about it. Your content is going to be bad starting out. You're not going to like it. You're going to hate yourself. You're going to wish you were, we were better. And how come my videos don't look as good as PewDiePie and all these other people? But that comes with time. Uh, the, the problem is a lot of people really, really be perfectionist about things. And they take years and months to post their first video. And then they never learn um, because they took so much time on just one thing. And I think it's a better strategy overall to just post a lot of stuff and to continue to learn and to continue to be better. So that's the one thing I'd say, like don't be a perfectionist about things. Don't worry about all these sort of stuff. It's your own journey. It's your own path on YouTube. Uh, don't compare yourself to other people, work at it naturally. And eventually you will improve and eventually you will get better. Uh, don't worry about the details as much, and it's it's far more important just to start than to worry about stuff like that. Um, another thing that I just talked about in the small YouTuber culture episode, again, kind of another callback to that one today, um, but don't, don't follow a lot of these small YouTuber groups, whether it's on Twitter, YouTube, or Reddit. 
I think a lot of them are traps, a lot of them are scams, and a lot of them uh, and the people in them are very entitled about the type of success they think they're supposed to have uh, to the point where I think it is actually toxic and damaging to people who don't know any better and to people who are just starting out. I do think it's important to form a community and to be around like-minded people, but be sure that the people you're hanging around actually care about you and your content and aren't just trying to scam you and waste your time. Because believe me, when you're a small YouTuber, uh, there are going to be a lot of people trying to scam you out of money and or time. So uh, watch out for all that sort of stuff. Uh, there will be people trying to take advantage of you. You should value yourself. You should value your own content. You should take yourself a little seriously when it comes to that sort of stuff. And then the uh, the final thing, I guess I'll say, I'm, I'm adding three things. Kyle just said to do one, but I'm doing three. Screw it. I'm giving you guys extra value. The other thing I would say, too, just to wrap it up, is to not worry about money. If you are getting into it for money, you are going to go down the path of hating yourself and, and not liking the type of stuff that you make. Money can potentially come out of YouTube. It can come out of any form of content creation you want, um, but it typically takes a very long time to get to that point, and it's not going to be a lot of money when you reach that point anyway. So it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of work. Uh, don't get into it for the money, because believe me, there are better ways to make money <laughs> than doing YouTube videos. So if that's your concern, I'd, I'd advise getting money somewhere else and, and just just do YouTube because you enjoy it, because you have fun. Have fun. Be passionate about what you do. If you don't like it, don't do it. But if you do and you really enjoy it, then have fun with it. Um, you don't have to treat everything so seriously all the time. I, I think people do fall into the trap of occasionally like being a little too like serious in everything. Uh, when, when YouTube and content creation is something that is a lot of fun when you get into it. And I've, I've learned a lot of things from it. And I, I hope other people gain that sort of stuff as well because they are valuable skills. But uh, yeah, those are the three things. Don't do it for money. Don't join small YouTuber groups. And don't be a perfectionist. Uh, instead, just start posting. <laughs> uh, join actual communities of people that like you and your content and uh, make money somewhere else if you have to. Uh, starting out, it will take a long time uh, to get monetizable on YouTube. But thank you for the question, Kyle. I, I clearly took it and uh, <laughs> went very far with it. I went a lot of different places with it, but that's that's why I love these questions like this. I, I could talk about YouTube stuff for hours. All right, question number eight is from Jay, who on my Discord is called The Boss Baby. Very unfortunate name. But uh, you know what? You get what you... you, get what you seep or, or or what's the you get what you reap get get what you sow or something about like seeds and reaping and sowing it's a whole phrase i don't even know anyway he asked what's your favorite fancy dinner dish something you wouldn't eat every day but it slaps oh that's a fun one that's a really fun one and i have to think about this because i i, I eat a lot of junk food and eat a lot of common food so I don't really, like, have a whole lot of an opportunity to, like, go out and try something, like, crazy. Probably, like, probably chicken Alfredo, maybe? Maybe? I, I, I don't eat it often because typically when my family makes spaghetti, they do red sauce and they don't put chicken in it at all. And they don't have, like, all those spices and things. So it's not quite... But, like, anytime I go to, like, Olive Garden 
or go out to eat somewhere fancy with a lot of pasta, uh, chicken Alfredo slaps every time. If I could eat that every day, I would, but it's a bit more expensive than I'd like it to be. I don't know what it is, but like white cheese sauce on pasta is heavenly. Chicken adds to it a good bit. You can put bacon on it. Uh, it's just such a smooth consistency and texture. I love it to death. I could eat like four bowls of that if I really wanted to. So chicken Alfredo is probably one of them. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like I would kill for that'd be like really good. I don't think so. I think it's just chicken Alfredo. If I come up with any more, I'll DM you in Discord. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind and I'm sticking to it. Gosh dang it. So yeah, chicken Alfredo. Don't get to have it often. I'm not a cook. I don't make my own food. And I'm sure it's probably easier to make, but shit, when you go out to eat and you eat a good chicken Alfredo, that's 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 one of the happiest the happiest moments of my of my adult life is just eating chicken Alfredo. Shit shit slaps. All right. Finally, we come to question number nine, the final question. And this one comes to us from Marjack, who is just Marjack. He, he, again, doesn't have a fancy Wilden name. And he says, what is the most strange or obscure game that you remember playing as a child? And I have to look over on the shelf here to try and think of what that is. Um... One of the ones that I loved a whole lot as a kid was the uh, was the Lord of the Rings games on GameCube. Uh, they're like like action action brawler type stuff, uh, but you would play as like Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. And like I loved those Lord of the Rings movies so much. I still do. They're fantastic. And so getting those games on GameCube, we had the Two Towers, I believe. And it's not a very popular game or like a well talked about game at all. Uh, but that one is super fun. Um, me and Ethan would like play hot seat where we would swap out characters and you could like upgrade them. So you could get like Legolas and have his fire swords and type of stuff. And, and Gimli could do more damage with the ax and you would have like special combo type stuff. Like you'd see in like devil may cry or Bayonetta. Uh, they were pretty cool. I enjoy it. The game's a little bit ugly, unfortunately, but that's just kind of the, the era. Uh, but at the time looking for, looking for a Lord of the Rings game, that was pretty cool. Uh, another one that I really, really like is, uh, is Gang Ground for the Genesis. Not a lot of people talk about that one, but that one's a fun little game where you're like little dudes in an overhead perspective and you're trying to get all your guys to either kill all the enemies or reach the, the goal at the end. Uh, the thing is, what makes it really interesting is like there are heroes that you can rescue on the field and if you rescue them and take them to the goal, you can use them in the next level, but... If you don't rescue them, they're dead, right? So, like, if one of your guys gets hit while you're on the board, they'll turn into a smaller version of themselves, and then you can either rescue them, or if you die, then that one will leave. So, uh, your party is constantly changing. You, uh, you're getting guys that you rely on a lot, and you're having to experiment a lot with new characters that you might have not have played through before. And I've never beaten Game Ground at all. It's kind of hard, uh, especially toward the latter half of the game. But that's like a great Genesis game that I just don't hear like hardly anybody talking about at all. But those are the those are the strange obscure games that I remember liking a lot. And there are probably others that are like fucking awful that I can't remember <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I remember playing the first Rainbow Six on N sixty four. That was another one, um, and that one's a tough game because like you 
like a lot of Rainbow Six games, like you die in like a, a hit. So trying to put that on the N64 and do like a five-year-old's hands, uh, you can imagine that we, we didn't get very far in a game like that. Uh, your squads would constantly die. And if you didn't have the right plan on how to tackle it, you would end up like getting eviscerated. <laughs> but that's another one. Let me see if there's any more. Um, there was this weird open season game on GBA that's kind of a 2D platformer. That one's kind of fun. Uh, I think that's it. I think those are the ones that come to mind right away. Um, I'm sure I've played a lot. Like, I, you know, I, I played a lot of games when I was little, and I remember growing up with a lot. But those are the few, like, sort of outside the box or, or a bit of strange and, and weird weird kind of games that I that I really enjoy. So if any of those sound interesting to you, go ahead and give them a whirl. But thank you for asking the question, Marjack. I, I appreciate it. And uh, that'll be it for this Q&A episode of Aiden on Anchor. If you enjoyed it, let me know. And uh, stick around. We're going to be doing another one of these Q&A episodes. The next one will be episode 55, if I remember to actually do it. Again, if you want to leave me questions, be sure to join my Discord below. And uh, be ready when I make the call because uh, these fill up rather fast. So you gotta you gotta be ready. You gotta be on top of things. If you want to donate to the podcast, you can either on Anchor or Patreon. Shout out to Jay the Zoomster who donated a dollar and Parker for five dollars on Patreon. Really appreciate you boys for keeping the podcast up and running and keeping me as consistently as I possibly can. That'll do it for this episode, everybody. Had a lot of fun answering your questions. I've been Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye-bye.